This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world.
and the things we're still going through this year, this is still a year of action. We, we pronounced that in January. This is a year of action. God's church has been called upon to act and be the church that he has called us to be, even in the midst of difficult times. That's right. No matter what's going on, God has called us to be his church. In the midst of floods, hurricanes, fires, tornadoes, not to mention, don't forget the refugees from Afghanistan. And please, even though they haven't been in the news lately so much, don't forget those displaced in Haiti and those who are still in Haiti due to the, the 7.2 magnitude earthquake that was in Haiti on August the 14th, which was followed by Tropical Storm Grace in August the 16th with over 15 inches of rain. Let's continue to keep them in our prayers. But as a matter of fact, we are truly at our best when things are at its worst. We are the church and we represent God. Let, let, let that seat within you. We're the church. If you come to know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, we're the church and we represent God. Mm. It's not time for a pity party, but time to get pretty and party for the cause of Christ. That's right. No pity party, but it's time to get pretty and party for Jesus. We know the end of the story. We know how all of this will end. We know what will happen when this world will be no more. We know and look forward to the day when the dead in Christ shall rise, the living Christians will be snatched up to meet him in the air. We look for the day when we will forever be with the Lord. But however, we must do the work now that we are called to do so God's will can be done. And it's his will, it's his will, that when it's all said and done, it's his will that none should perish. Therefore, we must do good works. We've been talking about this, message after message, teaching after teaching, training after training. We must do good works, good works, the works that God has prepared for us, as stated in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yes, God's church. That's us. Yes. God's church has always been strategically placed in the world to be effective in transforming the world. Yes, it's our mission to save the world from the world by living in the world but not being a part of the world. We have to have in mind and make sure that we have the mind of Christ and do the good work we've been called and ordained to do. God's church has always been in a chaotic, selfish, and self-destructive world. But we've been positioned to show God's grace to an ungrateful society so that this darkened world can see the eternal light. 
Our main purpose, our main purpose is to do the work of the one who sent us. We are to do good works. Did, did I say that we are to do good works? Did, did anybody hear that? We are to do good works. So seeing that we truly want to please God and do the work good and do the good works he has ordained us to do, let's acknowledge we have what it takes to do what God wants done. Let me say it one more time. Seeing that we truly want to please God and do the good works he has ordained us to do, let's acknowledge we have what it takes to do what God wants done. First, acknowledge we have it because God gave it. That's right. It's God given. It is God given. It all belongs to God. That's right. Psalm 24 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. Even we belong to God. It all belongs to God. It's God. We can't, we won't have it if God didn't give it. It's His. He owns it all. Now I know you're saying, no, no, I worked hard for you. One song, I work hard for my money. Okay, all right. But yeah, it may be true that you worked hard. But keep in mind, how are you able to stay healthy enough to work? How are you able to get wherever you're working or to even own the business that you own? It's all because God allowed the blood to continue to warm, to run warm in our veins. He blessed us, He kept us. And truly, it all belongs to him. I know what you're saying, no, it's mine. It's really mine. I, it's mine. I, I work hard. This, this is mine. It's my stuff. It's my this. It's my that. Well, I just got to ask you, well, what happens to what's all yours when you're no longer here? And there is a point and a time when you will not be here. So let me help you understand how I can say it all belongs to God and how it is God's. And we don't own it. Now, we are stewards over it. Yeah, we, we are stewards. We, we are to, to take care of what God has allowed us to have in our possession. But let me help you with this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, 28 also says the same thing, but it says this. Then God said, as he created everything, God, and you do know he created everything. When he created everything, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every living thing that creeps on the earth. That's Genesis 1 verse 26. In other words, when God created everything, and when he made man, he made mankind, he decided then that mankind would have dominion over the earth and everything. He gave us dominion over, but never ownership of. It's still God's world. Keep in mind, we have to acknowledge who it is. First of all, it's God given. We realize this. It is God given. Secondly, we have what it takes to get done what God wants done 
because God has given us more than enough. Yes, he has. He's given us more than enough. Type that in the comments. Type that. He has, I have more than enough. I have more than enough. I know somebody said, no, I need much more. I don't have enough. I can barely make it. Type it in. Come on. Type it in. In faith. I have more than enough. That's right. Thank you for being obedient. I have more than I can. you feel it? Can you feel God blessing you and moving in you when you have that acknowledgement that I have more than enough? More than enough. Believe it. By faith. This text helps us with that. Again, look at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times. All sufficiency means that we have more than enough. All sufficiency means that you have some left over. Ha, hallelujah. Looking at 2 Corinthians 9, 8, in the contemporary English version, it says, God can bless you with everything you need and you will always have more than enough. Again, we see God has given us more than enough. The word of God says for the people of God that God has given us more than enough. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. I have more than enough. I know. You know we have to admit, especially here in America, even though we all want more, we really do have more than enough. We want more love, we want more peace, we want more joy, we want more house, we want more money, we want more health care, we want more everything. But think about it. We don't adequately use that that we have. That was part of our showcase that we talked about last Thursday when we talked about money and what money is and how we can literally use the money that we have to actually have more money and how we can use the resources God has blessed us with. Oh yes, understand that. We have more than enough. Think about those who, who hold yearly. They make for the whole year no more than $10 a year. I didn't say an hour, $10 for the whole year. That would equate to $10. We've been blessed. God has given us more than enough. And the way we get more is to properly use what we have. We did Money Matters last, last Thursday, and we'll be doing Money Matters too on this Thursday at 6.30. If we properly use what we have been given, we will have more. This comes by faith. If we please God, the one who gave in the first place, can he just give us more? I mean, by faith, can you believe? If I would trust God with all my heart and lean up to my own understanding and all my ways acknowledge him, do I believe that he would direct my path and always consistently make sure that I have more than enough? That's faith. It's faith. Matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Wow. God has given us more than enough. 
What does that have to do with us? Lastly, we have what it takes to do what God wants done if we use it to do good works. That's it. We must do good works. Type, 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 type that in. Do good works. That's the message right there. Do good works. Type it in so others can see that. Do good. Encourage me. Encourage others. Do good works. That's what the more than enough is all about. God has prepared us and given us everything that we need so we would do the work he has us to do. And when we're doing the work he has us to do, he replenishes what we have so we can do more of the work he wants us to do. Many may not have. We may be short. We may be getting less and less because we're doing less and less for the building of God's kingdom. If you're honestly doing that that God has called you to do, if you're honestly seeking to make sure his will gets done, I can guarantee you the word of God is true. You have more than enough. And if you don't have more than enough now, all you have to do right now is trust God and begin to do the work God has called you to do and right in the corner, right where you are, when you do what God has called you to do, you will see he will supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Ha! Hallelujah. Oh, yes. You want to have more? Just do the work God has called us to do. Be diligent. And, I, and listen, I am saddened that we're not actually worshiping in the building, that we're not coming in the building to work, but I want you to understand we will confuse many times being in the building as working for God. But when we come into the building, we come to do what we're doing now. And that's worshiping God. And you can worship God, not just in this building. You can worship God right where you are. Right where you are. You can say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Right where you are. You can hear the word of God. You can read the word of God and begin to allow the word of God to work in you richly. And because we're in situations in this pandemic, there's no excuse not to do the work God has called us to do. Matter of fact, we're now better positioned to do more work for the upbuilding of God's kingdom because we're communicating with people all over the world, almost every day. But are we communi communicating that that will give God glory? Are we communicating that that God will be lifted up, that others will see our good works and give God glory? We are to do good works, to do good works. God can bless you. Look at what 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says in the CEV. God can bless you with everything you need and you will always have more than enough for what purpose? To do all kinds of good things for others. In other words, the word of God is telling us we have been blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. We've been blessed to be a blessing. I know what we're thinking. If I'm blessed and I got it, the only way I can have more is to keep what I have. So we just hold on to it. Do you know why the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea? Why nothing grows in the Dead Sea? Do you understand why it is that there's no vegetation and nothing in the Dead Sea? It is really a Dead Sea? I can tell you why. The Dead Sea is dead only because water goes, flows into it and nothing flows out. Let me pause for a moment. We may need to wonder why we have so many dead situations in our own lives. Water flows in but does not flow out. How many folk are always wanting, give me, give me, give me, but never want to give 
give back, give out. We've been so blessed in this area not to have hurricanes this year and, and earthquakes or anything like that, fires, flooding all over. But yet there are other places that are experiencing this. We've given us an opportunity to give toward Hurricane Ida and, and, and a court towards that, we're just calling it our disaster fund. We're going to give it out to others. And with all of those who watch us, all of those who participate with First After Baptist Church, we have such a minimum amount that has been given towards the hurricane fund. Do you understand what would happen if that was us who was displaced and now we're asking other folks to help us get our lives together, to, to rebuild, to, to still get water, to still have electricity? I mean, all these things would happen. But when we have been spared with more than enough, just all of us together, putting our little bit together, can be a blessing to others, other places. God wants to use us because he has blessed us. And he has blessed us so we can be a blessing unto others. What a mighty God we serve. He loves us, he cares for us. This whole passage comes from what was happening in Corinth. The Corinthian church had great wealth, but they were stingy. The Corinthian church, they had a lot of schisms going on, a lot of bickering going on, back and forth, talking about each other instead of to each other. But Paul reminded them of their commitment to the Christians in Jerusalem and how they, the church in Jerusalem was in great need. But the Corinthian church was not given as they could. They were not given as they had promised. So Apostle Paul even pointed out to the church that the church in Macedonia that didn't have much resources, the church that was financially poor, congregation, First they gave of themselves and then they continued to give for those who had even less. A poor congregation. First gave of themselves. And when you say, well, I don't have money, but you do have you. You do have an opportunity to encourage others. You do have an opportunity to lift up others. You do have an opportunity to smile. You do have an opportunity to bring joy in the midst of sorrow. Yes, God can use you, and you need to allow him to use you. And everything he's given you, God will replenish you, and you will have more than enough. Paul was teaching them, when you give, you receive. If you give in faith, mm -hmm. if you give trust in God. Listen, if God didn't give it, you can't give it. In other words, you can't, have, you can't give what you don't have. So if God didn't give it, you can't give it. But God has given more than enough so we can do what he wants done. Paul reminds them in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. That's kind of right. We've been preaching from 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Now we preach from 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9 instead of 9-8. And listen to what Paul says to him, and I'm closing with this. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, mm, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty 
might become rich. Woo! Do you hear? Do you hear? Do you hear what God did? Do you see what God did for you and for me? Paul says, "For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake, for my sake, for our sake, He became poor, so that you, by His poverty, might become rich." You ask me, Pastor, how did Christ become poor? How did Jesus become poor? Well, he came from 42 generations. He came from heaven to earth to show us the way. He came and lived among us. He lived on this earth. Oh, I'm talking about he lived among human beings, among mankind. And out of his living among us, some followed him, but many doubted. Talked about him, ridiculed him, all kind of things to our Lord and Savior. He enlightened them of who he was. He enlightened them as to what was to happen. But many times we don't want to hear it. Even when we have a blessing right in our midst, we're not listening to how God wants to bless us, how God wants to keep us, how God sustains us. But he came to give us a message in the flesh. He came to be our example. He came to show us love. Living in the flesh, even though he was tempted by Satan, he used God's word to overcome the temptation, and we have God's word. But look at what our Lord and Savior did. He assembled in the upper room with the disciples and did what we would do shortly. He sat with them and took the bread and broke it. He took the fruit of the vine and poured it, and he blessed them and gave them to them. Said, take, eat, take, drink. But after having this opportunity with them, he went out into the garden to pray. Yet while he prayed, when he finished praying, he was arrested and then carried from judgment hall to judgment hall. Can you just see our Lord and Savior as he's humbly being taken from one place to another place and then to end up in a court where the judge says, I find no fault in him. But then sentence him to die. Capital punishment. Our Lord and Savior. But he realized he came to take that bitter cup, to die for all of your sins, to die for all of my sins. Don't take that for granted. Oh yes, I'm, I'm pausing for we can recognize. We all have sinned and come short and the ways of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life because he loves us so much. That's what we celebrate when we come to communion, to remember that God loved us so much that Jesus came, went about doing good, came, lived on this earth, and even though he was talked about and ridiculed, they marched him up to Golgotha's hill and put nails in his hands and nails in his feet with a crown of thorns on his head. And on the cross, because he loved you so much, on the cross, because he loved me so much, the Bible says he died! While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But the story doesn't stop there. He was placed in a bottle tomb, stayed there all night Friday, stayed there all day Saturday, stayed there all night Saturday night. But early on that Sunday morning, he got up from the grave with power, power on the grave, victory over death. He then commissioned the disciples to go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them to observe all things I've commanded you. And he said, and I'll be with you always, even to the end of the earth. And then he ascended into heaven. But he sent back the Holy Spirit that he would be with us and be in us and guide us and direct us. 
to do the work God has called us to do for such a time as this. And we have more than enough to get the job done. So we say to God be the glory for the great things he has done and is doing and will do in our lives. If you're not a part of the kingdom of God, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, right now is the perfect time to do it. Right now is the time to realize that you've sinned. We all have sinned and come short. But we have to say, Lord, I'm willing to turn from my sins. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. The Word of God tells us in Romans 10 that if you shall confess your mouth to the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Come on, praise God. Hallelujah. You shall be saved. And if today you want to be saved, just repeat this prayer with me. I'm going to lead you in the prayer, but you will actually have to pray it for yourself to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So pray this prayer. Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, please take time to call us at the church at 912-233-6597. Leave a message. You can see it scrolling there. Uh, also, you can click on the link there in our comment section and give us more information and we'll share with you. We want you to first become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then secondly, if you would like to, you can become a member of First African Baptist Church. And we'll help you do both of those to get to know Christ and have a life living with him. We're so grateful how God continues to bless God and direct us. And on today, as we prepare for our communion, we want you to take time to um, actually get your communion uh, in-house. Those of you who picked up your communion packets, you can now get the, the, the bread and the fruit of the vine. Have it with you now. We prepare now to read our church covenant. The church covenant is an agreement that we make with each other. When we come to know Christ and we become members of, of First Alphabetical Church, we have an agreement that we have with God. That's coming out of the Word of God. So we're going to read together our church covenant. As we read our church covenant, let us allow God to speak to us and guide us and direct us as we prepare for communion. It reads, Having been as we trust, brought by divine grace to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ, and to give ourselves holy to him. We do now solemnly and joyfully covenant with each other to walk together in him with brotherly love to his glory as our common Lord. We do, therefore, in his strength engage that we will exercise a Christian care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully warn, exhort, and admonish each other as occasion may require that we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but will uphold the public worship of God and the ordinances of his house. 
that we will not omit closet and family religion at home, nor neglect the great duty of religiously training our children and those under our care for the service of Christ and the enjoyment of heaven. That, as we are the light of the world and salt of the earth, we will seek divine aid to enable us to deny ungodliness and every worldly lust, and to walk circumspectly in the world that we may win the souls of men, that we will cheerfully contribute of our property according as God has prospered us for the maintenance of a faithful and evangelical ministry among us, for the support of the poor and to spread the gospel over the earth, that we will, in all conditions, even till death, strive to live to the glory of him who have called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. As we assemble at the table, we remember that God loved us so much that Jesus did, in fact, give his life that we might have life more abundantly. He who was rich became poor, that through his poverty we might be made rich. So we come today celebrating on this particular Sunday what great things God has done in our lives and in the lives of others. So as we come to this table, as we prepare to commune, let's take time to do what Jesus did with his disciples as he took the bread, as he took the food of the vine, and he blessed them. Let us pray. God who loves us, God who cares for us, God who ever, ever guides, directs, and protects us, we come to this fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins that sinners may plunge beneath that flood and lose all our guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day, and there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. God, we pray now that as we prepare to partake of the fruit of the vine, as we prepare to take care of the bread that represents your body, we ask, God, that you would so live within us that we will commune together, even though we are separate, we are yet together, especially in communion, that you might get praise, honor, and glory. Change these elements from a carnal use to a spiritual use, that as we partake, we'll be better able and equipped to use the more than enough to do the work you called us to do, to help men, women, boys, and girls to come to know who you are and whose we are. Bless these elements, God. If there's anyone today who has been baptized and feel for reason, for some reason, they're not worthy enough to participate in this communion on today, please change it right now. Change their minds, their hearts. Create within us clean hearts and renew a right spirit within us that we may do what you've asked us to do. Bless these elements and bless us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When they had given thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it and said, 
This is my body, which is given for you. Take, eat, eat all of it. Amen. Praise God. Likewise, he took the cup and said, This is my blood, shed for the remission of sin. Take, drink, all of it. Amen. Praise God. As we've shared together on today, and we want to thank you for worshiping with us on this day that God has blessed us with. We ask that you would please remember that you can give through Giblify. You can pay your tithes and give offerings on Giblify electronically. Make sure it's First African Baptist Church, Savannah, Franklin Square. Also, you can send your contributions to First African Baptist Church, 23 Montgomery Street, Savannah, Georgia, 31401. As you give on today, let's remember how much God has blessed us. Be generous in trusting God, knowing that God loves, cares, hears, and sees. We also want to remind you to please participate in the events that are forthcoming. All of the many events, the showcases that we have, please participate in that. And again, thank you for joining us in our Sunday School Empowerment Discussions. Thank you for joining us in this worship and our noon Bible study on Thursdays. We thank God for you. Be blessed and we thank God for you. Let us pray. God, we thank you, we love you, and adore you. Ask now that you would ever keep us, strengthen us to do the work you've called us to do because we are more than able. And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest, rule, and abound for us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let all the people of God say, Amen and Amen. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com You may also contribute through an app called Givelify G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.